Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Hannah George and I'm a screenwriter. I'm joined by author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where absinthe meets arson, Negroni meets necrophilia, and Grand Marnier meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. It was the dog. He did not want you fuckers to go on holiday. (laughs) Am I nine at this point or am I 46? (laughs) What he shouts when he ejaculates. (laughs) I don't need to say anything else. It's my my life. Yeah. (laughs) May have heard of it. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. Today we are joined by the brilliant writer, journalist, playwright, Emma Burnell. Hello. I well, uh, do you want the COVID answer? I know it's like answers. I'm fine. I'm on so many pills I rattle. Okay. Okay. Emma. We have one question on this podcast, and that is, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Yes. When I was quite young, I was a little girl in the 80s, because I'm very old. Me too. Uh, <laughs> our family was burgled. It's funny, because I was little in the 80s, and I'm not old, so I don't <laughs> Americans are different. <laughs> we have very different timelines. <laughs> but I was fairly convinced that by the time I was 16, I was going to be American and blonde, Uh, and living in California. And I don't know why I thought that other than the terrible books I read. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can understand, yeah. So our house was burgled. The main thing I remember, there was this craze at the time for jelly shoes and jelly bags. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah, those bags with the holes in, and they yeah. went through my clearly nine-year-old schoolgirl handbag <laughs> <laughs> as if there was going to be of anything of any value in there. <laughs> oh, and you shouldn't have to go through a jelly bag like they've done the work for you. With right? The holes. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly you're not going to have that after you're about twelve, are you? For very good reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, where were you guys? Like, where was the family? We were all in bed. It was overnight. Oh, we were home. So we were we were home. That was the scariest part. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. Unfortunately, the dog was asleep in my room. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What kind of dog was it? Oh, Chippy was a mongrel. Bless him. He was a gorgeous half corgi, part fox terrier. God knows what else. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so not known for his um, house defending. Not not the big aggressive type. No, bless him. Oh. But he might have barked. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think he'd have heard something and barked. He was getting on by that stage. Oh. I find that, um, like, is it wrong that I think he's even cuter, the fact that he's... I'm like, yes! What a dog! I love dogs that aren't territorial and do a horrible job. Like, I'm so attracted to that, which says a lot about me. (laughs) Well, you probably wouldn't like my cat then, because she's really, really gets very territorial about the the, the cat burglar that we have who's one of her mates who comes in through her own cat flap and steals her oh, food. Oh, <laughs> well, no wonder she's territorial. She's got to mark her ground. Absolutely. You have an actual cat I have an actual cat food. He's known locally as bully cat or yowly cat. Everyone on the street knows him. It's hilarious. He's what brings us all together. Yowly cat, yowly cat. We've already referenced friends. Did you wake up the next morning? And it was reverse Christmas or did you wake up because you heard him leave or? No, yeah. we. I think my parents just came down in the morning to make coffee. And oh my there God. was, you know, and I, I'm not sure it was immediately obvious. What, what had they taken? Well, this is the thing is that my family are kind of, we're not at all rich, but my mum comes from this sort of long line of people, darling. Um, so <laughs> she's got all these paintings that are worth a bit of money. Oh, Okay. okay. But and some antiques scattered around that are worth a bit of money. But we had no tech, no right. like nothing worth, and, and so they got very little. They got like my dad's wallet, I think, that had been left in the hallway, and they need the car, which was the oh. biggest problem. Oh, because wow. we were due to go on holiday that day. <gasps> oh. oh no. Um. I'm recalling memories from when I was nine, which is hard to do when I'm not drinking wine. Uh, I'm starting to think it was the dog. He did not want you fuckers to go on holiday. (laughs) He was going with us. Oh, my God. Possible he didn't want to go in the car, but he was due to go on the holiday with us. That's all right. He's all right. He might not be. We've cleared the dog. It'd be worth it for a dog if he didn't like the car. He's like, I know. I know a way. That was my best dog voice. Also, I'm really regretting saying reverse Christmas. I just wanted to process that for myself. No, I, <laughs> I, I started picturing the Grinch after you said that. Just because, I mean, I don't know what's worse. Obviously, like hearing a noise and waking up to it is terrifying. But there's something, mm. it's just so unsettling knowing yeah. somebody has been in your house. But almost yeah. worse that it's you don't realize till the morning. Like, how, how did they do that? You're supposed yeah, to be yeah. safe, aren't you? Like, it's your one place where you're safe to fall asleep. Yeah, yes. or believing. Like, I always believe, Quite like, traumatic. oh, I'll wake up the moment that someone comes in and I will beat them up, tear yeah. off their arms. Like, I'm totally... 
totally. Yeah, a few years later, I was on my own. My parents had gone away and I decided to stay home. So obviously this is a good few years later because <laughs> my parents are that irresponsible. <laughs> and I heard a noise and I grabbed my stuffed toy because that was the thing I really needed with me to go and investigate the basement. <laughs> or, so yeah, me and Al went to see who was out there. <laughs> and who was it? Was it or did, was it nothing? I still think it was probably nothing. But for the first time in six months, my ex-boyfriend turned up the next day. Ooh. <laughs> Does he have a nanny cam in that owl? Because if... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they had such small technology in the 80s. <laughs> Probably for the best. Probably for the best. That's weird, though, that he would turn so, up. So, yeah, that was a, a, probably just a weird coincidence. Just got one more theory for who burgled the house in the first instance. Was it another nine-year-old from your school that like, hadn't done their homework and that's why they were rifling through your bag? Because, like... <laughs> I mean, I was a bit of a goody-goody. Well, okay. God, I think you might have cracked it. It was <laughs> Nigel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I was always so furious in the 80s because I wanted nothing more than the entire jelly collection, the shoes, the bag. I don't know what else they made. Hopefully not gloves. I was going to say gloves. Jackets. <laughs> And my mother just refused. She's like, it's cheap and horrible and they are not designed for your feet. So I never owned them, but like every other kid did. Your mum was so right because you wore them thinking you were wearing shoes, got (laughs) sunburned through them. (laughs) Yeah. And would have a very painful, weird sort of henna tattoo. Yes. Do you know what? I had them. And I would feel smug, Taylor, but the joke's on me because I have plain off fasciitis now. So I, I cannot stand on my, like, oh, my feet. Those arches are long gone. And I kind of, I, I blame be, the jelly shoes. Be those, yeah. She See, was I, right, wasn't she? I, I, I got get someone's that now. hand-me-downs. So they weren't a perfect fit and they were too difficult to wear. <laughs> Oh, wow. But in the name oh. of fashion, Katie, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> They're the only shoes you can't stuff with socks as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's like socks and Crocs of the 80s. You just can't really do that. Oh, man. Oh, they're due a comeback, aren't they? I reckon. I mean, everything else is. Well, they did come back. There was definitely a period. I mean, it's more than a decade ago. This is Taylor Glenn's Fashion Hour. Or maybe it was a magazine or was it a movie? Um, yeah, they came back and they were a bit better designed, you know, but like chunky heel versions. Okay. And they were horrible. The bag was really uncomfortable to carry around because it just had these hard plastic handles. Yeah, digging into you. <laughs> yeah. They didn't take the bag. So maybe that means that my nine-year-old, I, I know so far, I've blamed this on a dog and a nine-year-old. So let's have a look at some, like, was there, like, was there many break-ins? Because sometimes you get a spate of burglaries, don't you, around an area? I grew up in Hackney in the 80s, so it's hard to tell exactly. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But we think, and this is an entirely unsubstantiated belief on our part, um, probably based on class prejudice, but we think it was the builders. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Uh, my parents are fairly convinced that these slightly dodgy builders who undercharged them made up their money. <laughs> oh. oh, and so how was that? How did they get into the house? Was it via a key or something? Well, this is it? the thing: is is there wasn't a break in, break in, oh. um, and the police came and took loads of fingerprints, and we told them about the builders, and then the police went away, and we never heard from them again. <laughs> oh, They're wow. really good at that, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> They just left silver powder everywhere. <laughs> it's so interesting. You had actual valuables in your house and they obviously didn't. No idea. <laughs> run off yeah. with those. No, they, they left the painting known as Aunt Fanny. Oh, hello. 
<laughs> um, sadly, Fanny is a family name and my middle name is Francis because of this. <laughs> I see. Wow. Oh, man. oh I, didn't, I didn't even know Fanny was short for Francis. You do when you grow up with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we also always ask on this podcast, we say if the person that did this to you, be it a dog, be it a child, be it a builder, if you had them in front of you now. I thought you said a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had dildos that have wronged me, but. The- I mean, rock, paper, scissors just got. <laughs> Do you want to play a builder child dildo? <laughs> um, what would you say to any one of those three things? Am I nine at this point or am I 46? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say... I want to hear both now. <laughs> I was such a stroppy nine-year-old. So I probably would have been much like at 46. I would oh, oh, it's fine. It's all fine. Don't worry. Oh. At nine, I would have been, you shouldn't do that. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I love that. We should actually ask every person to to say it as their nine-year-old self. Yeah, I can't believe we're just stumbling on this, but yeah. Happy to help, guys. Happy to help. Thank you. It is. It's a great format point. I think it works. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Today, our true crime involves the disappearance of an inventor. Oh, please let it be the inventor of jelly shoes. That would be great. (laughs) It's actually the inventor of dildos. (laughs) It's not, unfortunately. You mean doctors? (laughs) (laughs) Our inventor is a guy called William Cantello, and his disappearance happens in the 1880s in Southampton, England. So interesting fact, he was born on the Isle of Wight. Hey! Yes! And it's not entirely why I chose this case, but that is quite a big part of it. Represent from the Isle of Wight. Now, (laughs) Cantello was an inventor, um, but also a pub landlord of the Old Tower Inn in Southampton, and he'd invent things in his cellar. So, my first question to you is, what do you think this guy is inventing in his cellar, which was kind of like a tunnel underneath the pub? It was no small place. And I'll tell you that this invention eventually changed the world forever. What the <gasps> fuck was that? What could that be? See, wow. I'm thinking it's stuff that would help you in a pub, like a robot that chucks the people out of the pub. But that, <laughs> that doesn't exist and hasn't changed the world. So it's, it's not that. <laughs> when did you say he was 1880? 1880, he, he went missing in 1880. Oh, he went missing oh so it's mid-1800s-ish. Yeah, well, he went missing quite soon after he invented it. So it was something that got quite big around that time. Steam. Valves. I don't know. Valves? Yeah, yeah, for the kegs. Yeah, for the kegs and the steam and the the pumping. Okay, okay. Because you didn't have pumps at that point, but at some point you did. I was thinking um, a bottle opener, (laughs) but you said he's got a really big space. I'll give you a clue. It's nothing to do with pubs. Well, okay. And if you want another clue, yeah, loads of banging was heard coming from this tunnel. Ugh. It was the dildo! No. <laughs> He's invented some kind of machinery. Casey's oh, close with machinery. Tenor. Like some kind of alchemist some... trying to turn oxygen into gold or something. Okay. We changed the world. Yeah, forever. Um, wow. I mean, steam trains already exist and stuff. That mm-hmm. was Robert Louis Stevenson. Sorry, my dad's yeah. train geek. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. So that already exists. So he, he can't be inventing that. And there's bangs. There's... 
love it. Katie's gone, chuck her out of pubs. Um. <laughs> I've really gone quiet and serious because I really want to get the answer. Like, I'm like, this is I no mean, time for jokes. We've got to get this answer. Maybe it was I'm like a saying. big, the big early computers were enormous. My grandfather worked on them and they were like, he went to work in Palo Alto and it was like a warehouse. So maybe wow. it was like an early wooden one of those. Okay, we've got wooden computer <laughs> and Taylor's being suspiciously quiet. Oh, this is killing me. I, I don't know why I want to Think of the bangs. What, what goes bang? Fireworks. Fireworks? Oh, yeah. Drums. Drums. <laughs> well, when you say a bang, do you mean like an explosion? Yeah. Okay. Some kind of gun? Katie, ding, 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 ding. Oh, or shall I say... The pistol? Yes. It was a machine gun. I've done this before. I think pistols are all new and they're so old. No, a pistols are like gun. Shakespeare. And also, in a way, I was right. That would get the people out of the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Also, just like most American shows, we may not have invented the gun, but we... Sure, perfected. (laughs) (laughs) Like the American office. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, although I said it changed the world forever, it didn't necessarily mean in a good way. So, Cantello, yeah, he was an engineer and a gun maker. He'd made guns before the pub. I, I don't know why he also had a pub. But he had three grown-up children, two sons and a daughter. Uh, the two sons were also engineers. And after years of tests, Cantello announced that the weapon was ready. His machine gun was ready to go to market. Like, machine guns kind of existed in, like, the Civil War in America. They were used, but not a machine gun as we know it, which is basically the kind of the explosion from the, the bullet, like, pushes the other bullet through. And it's kind oh. of... There was a type of gun like that, but okay. nothing like this. Nothing like okay. this. So it's 1880 and Cantello leaves Southampton to go off to sell his invention. He was never seen again. So did he patent it? Well, when you Google Cantello, he comes up as somebody that invented the machine gun, but he's not the guy who invented the machine gun. But we will get to this. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. So what do you think his family did? Your dad has gone off with a prototype of a machine gun and he's not come back. Shouldn't he be the safest guy in Southampton? I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> if the Second Amendment is correct. <laughs> you just need a good guy with a machine gun. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they did? And it was quite logical what they did next, sort of. Police. Police? It's sort of police. Coast Guard? <laughs> yeah, they're by the sea. They are by All the security? <laughs> what do you mean, <laughs> Okay, they um, hired a private detective. Oh, God, okay. Okay. Now, the private detective supposedly traced Cantello to another country. Where do you think he went with his machine gun? Where did he tell his family he was going? Just down the road to the local patent's office? Do you know what? I, I, I don't know. He said he was going to sell it, and then he didn't come back for months and months and months. Where did they sail to from Southampton? Quite famously, they sail places. Well, I mean, mm, obviously, well, the Titanic places. left from Southampton. <laughs> I'm going to say Morocco. I'm going to say America. Argentina jumped into my head, but I think that's just because I was thinking about Nazis. Okay. <laughs> well, Katie, you're right again. Yeah. It was America. So this detective found out that a large sum of money had been taken from Cantello's account just after he went missing. But after that, the trail went cold. This family were kind of like, well, dad's gone. What do, what do we do? They had no information. So fast forward a few years and Cantello's son see a picture of a man in a newspaper who looks just like their dad. Whoa. 
but under another name, Hiram Maxim. Now, what do you think Maxim was in the paper for? He was in the paper, and it wasn't for being a missing person. What do you think he was in the paper for? And he's still in the States. This was a British newspaper that they saw this in. Is he the inventor of the machine gun? (laughs) Is he the inventor of the machine gun, Katie? Or is he the first victim of a machine gun fire? (laughs) The first victim of a machine gun fire? Yes, that's a good guess, actually. Taylor? Wow. I don't know. This is crazy. What's he doing? I've got questions and no answers, guys. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, actually, Emma smashed it because he is the guy who invented the ah. rapid fire gun, which was very similar to Cantello's. So has the dad just changed identity? Well, this is the big question. And I should tell you now, we never really know, unfortunately, what <laughs> happens. And I'm not sure whether I should have told no, you this. Someone get the DNA people on it. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's fascinating. So basically Does he also start Maxim magazine. <laughs> yeah, that's... Please tell me. <laughs> In the 1890s, a little bit of ankle. <laughs> and ankle mags. <laughs> so uh, he called it the Maxim gum. And that was the name for his gun. So he'd come over from America, mm, immediately odd. suspicious, mm-hmm. and he sold his gun to the British government. Great stuff, guys. So the son tracked him down to getting on a train at Waterloo Station, and they ran after him, as okay. the legend goes. He's right. on the train, literally kind of like, I'm guessing, just sort of like holding onto it as it's being pulled out, you know, kind of proper <laughs> yeah. movie stuff. They shouted at him as he boarded the train. What do you think they shouted? Dad! Dad? Oi! Oi! <laughs> Oi, you! Taylor. Gunman! <laughs> hey, gunman! Katie, you've done it again. They shouted, Hi. Father! Wow. Father. Yeah. Apparently, he ignored them as the train pulled away from the station. Which is when they shouted, Oi! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then moved on to Gunman. So he just, he didn't want to just be the inventor of the machine gun he wanted to be the bachelor inventor of the machine gun is that what this is he's like i am so awesome and i need a new life and new wife this is what's so interesting about this is no one calls themselves maxim unless they're after a little bit of tail come on hiram though hiram's not the first they might have gone for that's just to sound credible though that's (laughs) so yeah apparently he denied being Cantello, and he was off. They couldn't find him again. So they do have both pictures of both men because Harry Maxson goes on to invent the machine gun, be the guy. He's very, very famous. Right. You do also have pictures of um, Cantello. And it's funny, but to be honest, I think a lot of men, like white men in the 1880s with beards, <laughs> you can. Oh my like, God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure quite how sort of doppelgangery they were. I also, also, I know that glasses were invented, but they weren't great. I always think about how bad everybody's vision was. Like, it must be my dad and it's a llama. Like, I I don't know. (laughs) So the sons were still convinced. They were convinced this was their dad. And apparently Maxim was significant as a word to their father. Why do you think that was? He was significant, what? The word wow, see, wow. Well, a maxim is a thing that you live by, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And this so, is a bit of a difficult question, really. There's, there's a weird <laughs> link between Cantello and maxims as a thing. <laughs> Does Cantello mean maxim in Italian? It's not a bad guess. Anyone else? <laughs> wow. Was it his middle name? 
That's a good guess. Was it what he shouts when he ejaculates? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a difficult question when Katie says that answer. (laughs) That's dad. (laughs) Well, I mean, you were never going to get this. It was just a... It was because apparently Cantello would carry a, a book of maxims around in his pocket. Oh, okay. love the idea of somebody that just has so little personality. They're like, I just have to grab my book of maxims and see what I should say in this yeah. situation. Or like really trying to make it a bit. Yeah. Like, oh, someone yeah. ask me about my book of maxims. Yeah. Is that a maxim in your pocket or do you just want to change your identity? <laughs> Classic <Yeah>. scene. <laughs> Apparently Cantello would refer to his invention as his maxim gun as well that's more of a connection yeah that's more than just a connection that's like oh that's you then okay yeah literally you and also a really pathetic trail and a pathetic hide i don't understand apart from the train why they couldn't ever get hold of him again if he's a big famous yeah person i mean i know it's the 1800s but still there are trains yeah Yeah. get the next train if anything Yeah. (laughs) yeah right well, I mean, it's interesting because up to this point, when I was reading it, I was like, well, yeah, this sounds like it's the guy. It's the machine gun. It's Maxim. Yeah. However, the thing is, like, um, Harry Maxim was a real person. So he did exist. He didn't just appear in 1882. He, he was okay. a real person. And, you know, so he was born in 1840, he became a carriage maker's apprentice at the age of 14. He became an inventor and obtained 271 patents the first of which came in 1866. So there's this huge paper trail that this guy actually existed. Yeah, but the first guy shot the second guy and then took his life. It's obvious. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Has he stolen his identity rather than created a new one? That's good too. I like that. I watch far too much bad television. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like good television. So Maxim invented the machine gun, whether it was Cantello or not. So that, that was his big thing, was he's the machine I mean, gun guy. What if as well, what if Maxim, all these 200 inventions, he's just nicked them off other people. But after a certain point, he, you know, who's going to, you know, he can gaslight everyone away. Yes. He's got the, be like, yeah. that's mine now. And who's going to believe you? I've got all these other inventions. Nothing huh. gets past Sassy Katie. We will get oh. to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sassy. That's my New Year's resolution, Emma. I, I heard. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> it's out there. I put it out into the it, it, It's in the universe. You are now officially Sassy. <laughs> I am. So this guy, okay, he invents the machine gun. He invented two other things that were the sort of the big things. Two other things that you guys may have in your house today. Now, one of them is something if you maybe the dildo. had... <laughs> <laughs> one's a beauty thing and one's a rodent thing. A mousetrap. A mousetrap. He invented the mousetrap. Oh, fabulous. Curling iron. Oh, mate, do you know this guy? Because yes. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that the inventor of the machine gun also created curling irons? Like, that that's is, bonkers. That is bonkers. Oh. Inventors are generally bonkers, aren't they? It's like in the job description. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't be an inventor and not have like, like crazy hair. Like, yes. Yeah. He also, and this is going to sort of Katie's thing about the fact that, you know, was he nicking these ideas? Nicking, yeah. He claimed to have invented something that will definitely be in all the rooms you are in right now. It will be in all the rooms that our listeners are listening to, unless you're listening to it outside. Like something what? in your ding, 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 ding. Wow. Yes, indeed. Yes. Prize for who invented the light bulb? 
Well, it's Edison, Edison. but it wasn't either. Like that's got controversy behind it as well, that Edison actually adapted some original plans, (gasps) I think. I don't think I'm talking out of my ass. but another scientist. Yeah, so... There's just scientists upon scientists upon scientists here. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he got into like a massive argument with Edison. And I love it when inventors are like just around at the same time and they can get into scraps. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. This is like Blair and Oasis. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, he got into a massive fight with Edison. That's awesome. (laughs) Where was the fight? Was it a physical fight or were they yelling? I, th- I guess they're yelling. It's probably letters, isn't it? Surely like, they had a duel. Yes. yes. Yeah. One, one had a machine gun. gun yeah. One machine gun and a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A light up machine gun hair tongue. <laughs> so, you know, Maxim, it's interesting. You like, He wrote an autobiography that, you, wow. you know, yeah, which was imaginatively titled My Life. <laughs> I wasn't very good at inventing titles. For That's the most narcissistic thing ever in a way like obviously his name would have been on it but like I don't need to say anything else it's my it's my life yeah (laughs) may have heard of it Um, I I have one more question go on it's probably an annoying question that you can't answer the dad Cantello was he ever gone for long periods of time from his family home could he be both people oh great question and actually that brings us on to something quite interesting which is the idea of Okay, so if we're saying potentially that Cantello stole Maxim's identity, did they ever meet? If we're saying mm. that this guy, because I think that's a really interesting theory, actually, Katie, that he he <clears throat> was just both people yeah. from the word sort of go. But so basically, that's skipping forward a slightly bit. But I think oh, that's no, really no. You carry on with your thing. Sorry. Maybe no, he's no. like Sam Beckett in Quantum Leap, and he's kind of in them, living their key moments and he swaps around and that's what he actually kept in the basement of the pub stuff. well see do you know what when you very first said (laughs) sorry I'm such a geek (laughs) no I love that and it's like it makes bangs they'll just think it's a gun it's perfect yeah yeah and and you know what snowballing on that when you first said that um the guy that invents the machine gun goes out to sell it and goes missing Part of me started thinking time travellers that don't want the world to be worse. Like it all goes wrong from when we invent the machine gun, you know, yes. somebody tried to intercept. It's like trying to kill Hitler. It's all but making sense. The machine gun, it didn't work. It got out anyway. Oh, maybe they were. Maybe the machine gun was supposed to have been invented in like 16 something. Ah. <laughs> And they just delayed it. Do you know what? We've we've sort of claimed time travelling quite a few of these episodes. <laughs> it's on the mind now. <laughs> Drunk women solving If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Do you know what? Anything goes with this case because it's so fucking weird. <laughs> the idea that they might have met is very interesting, though, because if you're an inventor, I assume there are conventions even back then. Like it's it's plausible, <laughs> well, especially Maxim. Maxim sounds like the kind of guy that would have done a little bit of traveling. So he probably had been yeah. in the UK. He obviously understood the UK market enough to go sell this to the UK government. So I yeah. bet he'd been over there before. Yeah, he knows how things work. When did the World Fair start? Because that was basically just a big trade show, wasn't it? I did a case about this, and I think it's something like 1890. Oh, so I was going to say 1890, and so it might be a little too, bit too late for Maxim. Damn. <laughs> I mean, he was around. He was around till 1907. So, you know, he could have been at these places. But in terms of him and Cantello and that kind of that overlap, apparently in my life, the autobiography of Maxim, he complained of a double who was going around the US impersonating him. Well, see, that's how you uncover your tracks. Nicking stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Interesting, though. Very interesting. So once Maxim got rich and famous, didn't the double like make more money being his double and then be quite a famous double? Or did he just vanish from thin air? Mm. Do you know what? Yeah, we hear no more about it in terms of this case. Killed. Yeah. Either had him killed or the he double was... was Yes, the double was Maxim and Cantello was the guy that came to England. And it's like, oh, there's this guy pretending to be me. Oh, God, it's so confusing. <laughs> but basically what we said earlier... I say is- that every time I have like an embarrassing school drop-off or anything, though. I'm like, there's somebody pretending to be me and keeps taking my daughter. <laughs> and that works. I once got asked at late party conferences if I was Beth Ditto, so I really should just go around pretending to be her. <laughs> 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 oh my, I, I do like that that if somebody mistakes you for somebody else you just think I think I'll steal that identity now yeah, I'll have that then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's mine that's, now it's the next logical step I think yeah so yeah if Cantello was going to steal Maxim's identity yeah it's worth working out whether Cantello knew that Maxim existed because if he existed as a person before you steal someone's identity you need to know that you look like them as well surely if yeah. that's going to be what you do and mm. so did would this you American know in, in the 1800s? Because people wouldn't know, would they? Unless they knew them. Be, yeah, way less 
chance to get busted. That's that's why the American came to England to sell to the English government, because he was actually the English bloke going, nobody knows I'm not you. Yes. I mean, this is this is the thing is it's like it's so confusing because you've got two sons there who are completely convinced this is their dad. Mm, Yeah. And it's exactly that they look alike. It's exactly the same machine gun, essentially. So apparently there's records to say that Maxim visited Southampton like a few years before Cantella went missing and Cantella had been working on his machine gun for a couple of years. Okay. Okay. So what do you think he was doing in Southampton? What would Maxim be doing in Southampton? Nicking a machine gun. (laughs) Nicking a machine gun. I mean, the really boring answer is getting off a ship. Yeah. yeah. Yes, actually. Because that could just be the port that he needed on his way to London or something. Was he trying to sell another invention, an earlier invention? Okay. All those women in Southampton with their lovely straight hair. He was like, I know what I think these people need. Yeah. And the mice everywhere. But they got them confused. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Oh, he's really sassy looking. <laughs> and mice going around with his curly hair. Love it. So he came to Southampton to see a marine engineer called Philip Brannan. Cannot believe you guys didn't get that. But anyway. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he wanted to see a type of propeller that this guy had invented. However, Brannan told his staff not to let Maxim see it. Oh. Why? Because he's a thieving inventor. Yeah, totally that. And he's got like the means and the capital to just nick stuff. Uh huh. And he yes. hadn't patented it, so he knew he'd just run off with the. the yeah. yeah. Does this guy come from wealth? Like, even if you've nicked yeah. ideas and sold them, I'm just always amazed at these he, people in history that are like, so I traveled for nine months selling well, tulips. Yeah, it's like at least a six week journey or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just on the off chance to see a propeller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he became a carriage maker's apprentice at the age of 14, which makes me think maybe he wasn't that sort of rich, but he had 272 patents within the first, what, 26 years of his life by the time he was 26. Which, He's just like, an excellent blagger. Yeah, I don't think you invent 271 things unless you're maybe nicking them by the time you're 26. Like, he feels like he's a bit of a... Yeah... I'm trying to remember know, what man. I'd done by 26. And yeah, I don't think there were 261 of anything. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes. That's what I thought. I've def- I definitely... Reasonable. <laughs> 26. Love it. And their names were... <laughs> so I really like this. Basically, yeah, it, w- it was plagiarism. That was the reason Philip Brannan was like, do not show him the thing. There's a really nice expression they used for plagiarism or at least Philip used can you think of a good expression for plagiarism am I putting you on the spot too much dull thievery I hope it's like gold dugger thievery like like it funky skull duggery is good thy thefticus (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of a maxim like the one whose own skin shall be taken from the other Very in the spirit of it. Thank you for that. I like that. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. Apparently he had a reputation for brain sucking. Oh. I've gone out with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Brain sucking. That's brilliant. It's very Cronenberg too. Like you literally have the brain sucker. (laughs) And also, if the, the fact that this guy is like, don't let him in. 
the, makes me feel like this guy, the, the Phoebe guy, ha, ha, Maxim, has a reputation, mm. but also that there's an, an, a suggestion that he might not take no for an answer if you have to explicitly say... You're not nicking my ship. away from America mm. on, on a ship. He's probably going to have a plan B and some, yeah. you know, people with him that could break the door down or come back later. Yeah. So I feel like there's definitely some skullduggery and some um, brain-sucking could be afoot. I think so. So I have two... These are just theories that I have. <laughs> I have a theory that, like, could Maxim have been in Southampton and then did he go for a drink at Cantello's? Oh. And hear the bangs. Right? And then he's like, shit, what are you doing down there? And he's like, I'm an inventor too. Oh no, I'm an, how do I do American? I'm an inventor too. (laughs) (laughs) Spot on. I think Taylor is transported back home. (laughs) Uh, That was really nice for Taylor. (laughs) It was really good actually. (laughs) I mean, does anyone... It's awful when you hear someone else do it and you're like, oh God, we really do. (laughs) Just pretend it was a different region. (laughs) That was definitely... That was a bit regional for sure. So, I mean, in terms of this story, we're pretty much coming to an end of it because we we don't know what happened. Now, this is when I want to sort of open it up to you guys. What is your best sort of thought on what actually happened? My one other theory is that it was Cantello in character as Maxim. So he was starting this thing. The reason he was in Southampton is because Cantello's in Southampton and he'd heard about Maxim oh. and he was like, right, I'm going to start putting some feelers out and acting like this guy a bit maybe. Okay. And getting my face out there as this guy doing my great American accent. But <laughs> I've had longer to think about it than you guys. So have a think and tell me what your theories are. <laughs> Just a side note, I'm so glad they didn't try to make Steve Carell look like Ricky Gervais. Just to bring out that. <laughs> Sometimes difference is, is good. Yeah. I definitely think it's two guys. I'm okay. so smart. There were two different men. <laughs> like we literally know that, I think. I feel like they met in England. Maxim had been doing this for a long time. He's a known brain sucker. Huh. This thing about him having it in his pocket. Oh, what if they were in cahoots? That's what I was just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) You said start carrying around a book of maxims. I'm punching the air, listeners. Clearly, Emma was like just being polite, not interrupting. Like you've had this theory for 20 minutes. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. (laughs) She's like, God damn it. I should never let an American speak first. <laughs> oh, girl. Did I just steal your theory somehow? I brain sucked. I brain sucked. You brain sucked me. You did. <laughs> we do have very good technology in my house. So, yeah, sometimes they brain suck. <laughs> well, what an interesting idea that they were, because yeah. all this time I'm like, well, one of them hated the other, or one of them killed the other, or yeah. da, 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 and it's like, wait a minute, they work together. What, did they work together and then one of them killed the other? Because why has he run away from his children? Because he doesn't want to be married, because he's a man. Sorry, what, that was a little bitter. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want his sons and stuff. I mean, I mean, it feels a bit harsh. It was the 1880s, they weren't brilliant at being parents. <laughs> Feels a bit like if my dad went downstairs to the basement, like for every single night for months and months and months. And I was like, what are you making? He's like, a machine gun. I not that happy. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't that happy with his life. Faster. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
putting it like that. It's not the least known plot in the history of the world (laughs) for a bloke to just randomly. I mean, I'm thinking about Canoe Guy. He randomly disappeared from his life, didn't he? John Darwin, was he called? Sounds right, yeah. Yeah, he faked his own death, didn't he? But he was in cahoots with his wife, so... He was I in cahoots you... with his wife, so admittedly, this slightly moves away from my didn't want to be married theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but 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 that thing of being in cahoots with somebody in faking, you almost need somebody on the inside if you're going to fake your own death. Like me and Tupac. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my so, God. <laughs> so we've got... If Tupac could see your curtains right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he can, because he's there. <laughs> Okay. what's your overriding theory for this case god i'm i'm absolutely at a loss i like there's lots of fun stuff in them saying they were in cahoots but i think that men are so nice they wouldn't do something (laughs) (laughs) not all men some men um i really don't know i mean i've got to say my gut says old pub basement guy is dead Mm. and Maxim is it feels like a bit too much of a coincidence that Maxim just happened to come up with the exact same invention as a guy that's now mysteriously disappeared I mean I know coincidences do happen but that one feels a little I mean it could be that they were in on it and then he just killed him he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. Uh-oh. Ooh, yeah. And he double-crossed him. And now we have the screenplay. Yet again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep having, like, the flashback to the pub. Like, I want in. But this is my machine gun. I have a lot more power in the U.S. And we yeah. look alike. I've and got then, an yeah, idea. And then, and then the guy goes, but, but you'll need the British government. And he goes, noted. And then he knows oh, to go to the British yeah. I have a family. Family. <laughs> it's strangers on a train. He was just bitching about his wife over the bar to this random American stranger. And then the, the random American is an inventor. And he invented mm. this whole backstory and new life for this disgruntled pub owner in exchange for a machine gun. I do like yeah. the strangers on a train theory to that. Because also I think that like, if you see someone who looks like a doppelganger of you or something, or looks a bit like you, you'd start chatting, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, this is funny. Look how similar we look. I mean, I don't know that men would do that. <laughs> I never, ever do that because <laughs> my self-esteem would tell me, like, <laughs> like I'd start chatting up this, like, gorgeous woman and be like, oh, my, oh, my God. <laughs> what? You know, the... <laughs> the stuff we oh no no <laughs> well I mean well if I ever meet Beth that... Ditto I will tell you if I talk to her <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you suddenly <laughs> steal do some floor. field research <laughs> <laughs> yeah Beth if you're listening we've got a, a mission for you <laughs> yeah so Emma do you have anything else to add to because I think that yeah yours and Taylor's theory of the cahoots is I think that's an interesting one. I just don't think I can move away from the cahoots story I think it's too perfect it's too beautiful it is it, and it what well, it checks out it ticks all the boxes that need ticking but I think it's cahoots and then double crossing yeah if you're gonna go cahoots you probably go double cross <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I mean this is the thing we don't know so Cantello was genuinely never heard from again and Maxim in the end he had a knighthood bestowed on him by Queen Victoria <laughs> awesome <laughs> literally wow yeah thanks for helping us kill people quicker 
Literally. <laughs> but he died at his home in Streatham, London. This is... Maxim. Well, yeah, Maxim. Or Cantello, but Maxim. On 24th of November, 1916, at the age of 76. All right. So here's to one of them or both of them. Cheers, <laughs> Yeah. Drunk women solving crime. <laughs> so, guys, we're on Patreon. If you would like to support us on there in return for some fantastic rewards, please feel free. You can find us on patreon.com forward slash Drunk Women Solving Crime. Yeah, you'll get a shout out. You can choose the tier that works for you. We've even got some extra content. And you know what? We like to throw in some surprises too. Like we're going to do a full video recording of one of our episodes and release it early. Ooh. So you can watch us. I can see my curtains as well. Yeah, yes, you can see <laughs> Hannah's curtains. And we <laughs> just mean curtains. <laughs> we need a higher tier if we're doing any of that stuff. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to do the shout outs for this week. It was a smaller list, so I was like, I'm going to give it the big. I'm going to sing them this time. So yes, please. <clears throat> I don't have the tune worked out, so I need to think of, I think I'll do it like this. Yes. Who's the host with the most? Oh my God, it's Joanne Post. And if your happiness needs replacing, you just call on Lauren Mason. There's a gal who money launders, only joking, Abby Saunders. And if your friends are all too common, why not try out Kazi Ramen? And the last one on the list, I've got to say, it's my fave. It's the lovely... Beautiful superstar called Maeve. Oh, Maeve! Maeve. I really get to take out my like improv needs on these Patreon shadows, so thank you. That's great. Guys, Amazing. Up, particularly if your name rhymes with something rude. Or... If, you're, if your surname is Orange. Yes, Jason Orange, oh. if you're listening. <laughs> Oh man, well thank you Taylor and thank you to all our patrons. That is, yes, that is so you. cool. That was a banging tune, thank you. So, the listener crime. Dear drunk women, I'm not sure if this counts as a harrowing true crime, but when I was little, perhaps five, one of my friends came over to play. While we were messing around with Playmobil and wax crayons, I don't remember exactly, she told me she didn't get any pocket money and seemed really upset. I felt really bad for her because I did get pocket money, a fine old sum of one pound a week. So the two of us hatched a plan to go down and get a one-pound coin from my mum's purse because that was where my pocket money came from. So that was okay, right? Of course, we got caught and had to put it right. Say sorry and return the one-pound. But my question is, was I to blame for this crime? Were her parents at fault for not giving her any pocket money? In brackets, she was very spoiled in other ways looking back. (laughs) Love that shade, Emma, by the way. (laughs) Or was I a gullible fool? Dealing with a young criminal mastermind. And that's from, um, oh no, it's from Chloe on Instagram. Not Emma at all. Chloe on Instagram. Chloe. What do we think? What Do we know exactly how old they were? About five. Oh, five. Oh, so yeah. little. They're innocent. Five. They sort of vaguely know what's right and wrong, but also you're just trying to be a good You didn't grow up where I grew up, mate. I've been shamed and punished loads at age five for doing this. We were just uh, taught how to nick shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Opposite way. <laughs> I guess that answers the question from the beginning, like, were there a lot of burglaries around <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I was doing them. No, Maybe yeah. I rifled through my own bag. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, my parents, oh, my mum was a social worker and my dad worked for the local council. And honestly, half of our mates were their cases. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah, in a small town, like a small place yeah. like that. It's, yeah, it's very odd. So I know for a fact that I won't name him because I'm not sure the statute of limitations is, is quite clear. But one of the kids that my mum looked after nicked all the two pence pieces from my chocolate machine. Did you have one of those dairy milk yeah, ones I did. that were in the Argos catalogue? Yes. Only the two P coins, though. You put two P into the machine and it gave you a oh, little okay. bar of dairy milk. And then oh, so it only at the back, it coins. was like a 2p collecting. So it was gotcha. essentially like a saving bag. I was picturing all types of coins. He's like, only the twos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is interesting because I think you're right that there's this nice thing of she's trying to be a good friend, right? Because yeah. you're like, well, I have this thing and my friend doesn't. I know where yeah. the thing comes from. But also kids are experimenting like... They're testing to see where the limits are. They're testing to see, like, they might have an inkling that it's wrong, but they're like, what would happen if I do this? Or just, I think also as, yeah, also Mm. as the friend, you could experiment with a little manipulation, which you do as a kid, which is like, I don't have that. What could you do about that? Yeah. I wonder how many sleepovers that kid tried that thing on. All different houses. No, she got no. she got herself some jelly shoes at the end of it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> she played all her friends like a fiddle. Manipulative, pound-grabbing bitch. When I was a kid, I was like, I do completely relate to this sort of the inequality when it comes to pocket money when you're a kid because that's something you feel quite like, you know, you go to the sweet shop together and you'll have like, I had 50p pocket money, which was like, I, I, it's hard, isn't it? Because you're a kid for so long, but that's sort of like, Early 90s, I would have had 50p. We still had penny sweets. That's going to get me 50 sweets. That's quite good. Packet of stickers and a Mars bar. Absolutely fine. What I wanted. But I remember like finding out that my friends got more and being really angry. So I did what any probably 12-year-old, a little bit too hard, did whatever any 12-year-old would do. And I wrote a letter to Blue Peter. <laughs> I thought it was sort of weird and unfair that kids, because I didn't understand that kids' parents earn different amounts of money and that there was an economy. So I was like, I find it weird that there's not just a kind of, a kind of almost like a minimum wage for being a kid. (laughs) Yeah. On a similar vein, I went pack lunches very early at primary school and so did three of my friends, but they all had really hippie parents and my parents were not hippie. We all decided, we all decided, to divide each of our lunches in four. So I had to give up three quarters of my chocolate cupcake and my white marmite, oh. um, my white bread marmite sandwiches for their rice cakes oh. <laughs> and whatever the hell that dark black bread is. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. Oh, the like German rye. Yeah. In a kid's lunch. And I was genuinely, genuinely raised. I was born to the tune of my mother. They used to, in the 70s, they used to teach women to sing when they were giving birth. So my mother was singing the Internationale as I was born. That's how, how deep my politics goes. So I was like, I can't <laughs> complain about this, but socialism is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they weaponized socialism. <laughs> to get like a bag of quavers. <laughs> a quarter of a bag of quavers. <laughs> a quarter of a bag of quavers. You all got nutrition then. Like you you yes. got some you definitely got some extra fiber and vitamins and they got pleasure. And that's what socialism <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes, I suppose you could take it as quite a good parable in the end. I'm still bitter. <laughs> that's my favorite part of this is the fact that you are still furious. <laughs> 
No, but that is so, it's like that that scene in um, Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson is talking to the the little girl that comes in for a school, like, school oh, trip. Oh, the government taxing. Yeah, and he talks about taxes and he just, like, eats three quarters of her sandwich. <laughs> it's kind of like, that's the government, that's for you. <laughs> and then he gives her a, he really likes the kid and he's like, yeah, no, she got it. So he gives her a, um, a landmine as a present. Like, yeah, it's, anyway, it's, it's brilliant. Parks work is so good. Anything to add, guys, on this, this story of pocket money woe? They're innocent. Okay. And they gave it back. They gave the pound back. Yeah. I mean, the friend is slightly less innocent than the person that wrote in because they were, they were trying it on, seeing, seeing if they can game the system. Yeah. But again, innocent enough. <laughs> Do you know what? We started with blaming children for things. Well, I did. And we've ended. <laughs> also, I should say, Blue Peter did send me a Blue Peter badge. Yay. So... Yeah. What? Because you wrote in saying it's not fair that you don't have kids minimum wage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just annoyed, I think. And I was I was so happy when I got it. So I was just like, wow. It was just a, it was a slightly shitty letter. From like... I should have actually posted that one letter I wrote to that kids show. Which kids show was it? Go on. When I was about six, I wrote into a kids show and they had letters. That they had like a man talking to a puppet horse. And people would write in saying, my sister Emily is sick. Please, can you tell her to get better or it's her birthday? Okay. So I wrote in saying, I think I'm adopted because my parents are really horrible to me and really nice to my brother, their real child. But I never posted it. And then my mum found it a couple of years later and went mental. Is this what you tell people? Oh, <laughs> no. Katie, can I well, reassure you? The irony in her response. <laughs> That's Kate. the moment as a parent where you're supposed to go like, darling. <laughs> Katie, can I reassure you? Because my youngest brother is adopted and he's oh. by far the favourite in our family. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, boy. That's so funny and sad. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, all that is left for us to do is, Emma, tell us about yourself. Where can we find you? Where can people find you? What's coming up? Well, I am on Twitter far too often at <laughs> Emma Burnell underscore. I have a weekly political newsletter called Hard Thinking on the Soft Left, which is a, a weird title for mm. people who know what the soft left is and know why that's a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> also, hopefully, you will be able to find my play No Cure for Love at the Camden Fringe this summer. Yay! Nice! Check that out. Camden Fringe this summer when we're all going to be allowed out of our houses, I hope. Fingers yeah. crossed. Thank you, Emma Bunnell! Thank, Thank you, you for having me! Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.